0: Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind.
1: It's so empowering for women to hear about other women and their accomplishments.
0: If you're going through any of life's transitions, this program is for you. Joyce is president and founder of Joy After Divorce, a one-on-one coaching practice that helps women rebuild and redesign their lives after divorce. As a certified coach, she's had extensive training, including mentoring and training by Jack Canfield of the Chicken Soup book series. Joyce is also a member of Leadership Texas. On today's program, Joyce and her guests will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now, here's our host and coach, Joyce Buford.
1: Good morning. It's wonderful to be here and to know that you're out there listening to me. You know, Second Wind is about women focusing on our many, many, many transitions. And because we are the nurturers of the world, we do feel those transitions so much greater than perhaps a man does at times. We raise the children of the world, and in that, we are pretty powerful women. Second Wind is the program that you can find peace and leadership in listening to. If you're going through transition, then hopefully you will connect with one of my guests and know that they have all been through transitions of one kind or another. So today, I'm very happy to share with you a woman that has also gone through many transitions in her life, which she will share with us. Her name is Gail Helm. She is the Executive Director of Pets for People. Now, Gail and I met many years ago, oh, I'd say probably 35, and when she was acting as a a director of the traffic department at a local TV station, I was familiar with what her responsibilities were in that position because... As an IBM employee, I had been a workflow analyzer, and so analysis, and so I had studied that position in another uh, job, so anyway, another station, so it was really quite interesting to meet her, and and, um, kind of know already what she did. I have always been a dog enthusiast, and how Gail made that transition from where she was at the TV station to where she is now, doing her present job is always very interesting. But don't we all love dogs? I do. I tend to like dogs a little bit more than cats most of our my family's pets were dogs and they usually came from a what we called back then a pound or a facility where the dogs had been collected later in life i became a great enthusiast of golden retrievers so it was i i usually purchased those dogs but my recent love is a blue healer, an Australian cow dog named Moo, Moo the small she was the smallest dog from my daughter's litter that she was going to her dog was going to have raise and sell as we all as mothers we know these ideas that our children have, but as it was my dot. Da- those seven puppies out of that litter, came to live with me in my backyard. And I became very attached to this little bitty, all-white with black spots puppy. So Moo Moo, as she was known because she looked like a Jersey cow, became part of my household. And she, with my golden retriever, Princess and I, became a happy threesome. We traveled lots of places together. My dogs always went with me. But a couple years ago, we lost Princess. And now, Moo is her in her own kingdom. (laughs) She is the only dog. So, she, if you do not know this breed, it's very much a one-on-one person. And so, I go nowhere without Moo following me. So, anyway... My day is filled with love for this precious dog who thinks I'm pretty precious too. Now, one of the reasons that we we can reach out for our animals, and what I feel is the relationship between the owner of a pet and the pet, is that pets look at you with such unconditional love. They just think you're the neatest thing going. So when I was going through my divorce, needing very much to have that feeling of being loved, I wanted to bring a dog into my life. With all the other chaos, I felt I needed this. So I reached out and and got the princess that was in my life. So... You may be going through a very stressing time, feeling very um, lonely and needing some companionship. And I really encourage you that if you're needing something like this in your life, that you might listen to my guest today because she has a solution for you. And if you're not in the local area of Tyler, Texas, then of course there are people in your communities that can do this for you as well so I want to move on and visit with our guest Gail I welcome you to the program today
2: good morning Joyce thank you so much for (laughs) um, letting me come on this morning and I I loved your intro oh thank you (laughs) well I'm just a big dog enthusiast I mean my life
1: would be very empty without my animals my animal now but uh, they just add so much to my life. So I want you to share, before you really get into Pets for People, about, a little bit about Gail. I want them to know what your story kind of looks like, just so we can let them know they, that you also went through some transition. How did you get from a traffic director to a, <laughs> uh, executive director of a
2: animal. You know, there's um, quite a journey um, mm-hmm. I think that all of us take. And um, being born and raised in Tyler, I never really had any desire to leave. Uh-huh. Um, but worked uh, at the TV station um, for 18 years and had uh, a lot of responsibility. And yes, uh, did. loved it, loved mm-hmm. it dearly. Mm-hmm. And then it was time for a change, and so I really struggled for. A number of years to really try to find what I really wanted to do and what my life purpose was supposed to be and I remember my mother telling me one time you need to be careful what you pray for and I used to pray that I could make a difference for the lives of animals I I don't have any um, human babies but I have lots of four-legged babies and I just used to pray that I could make a difference and I remember sitting on my back porch one evening And God telling me that it was time to go to the Humane Society, and I had been on the board of directors um, for about 10 years there, but never really, I guess, totally connected with it and um, was in the day-to-day operation. So uh, the director was leaving, and uh, I made that uh, application and was voted to be the executive director and um you know I, I really had no idea what i was um about to um the journey that i was about to embark on but it has been such a blessing and you know joyce you know every day when you get up that you've got a purpose yeah and that um you know there there are a lot of people and a lot of animals counting on me and um you know there's trials and tribulations but yeah uh, this is this is my passion and If people could just understand that, if women could understand that they've got to find their passion in life to make life complete. Oh, wisest words. And with those words, we're going to take a short break. But
1: finding your passion is so important to adding value to your life. You just get up every day knowing that what you're doing makes you happy. And that right there is a gift so it's so exciting that you started this started our visit today with this story because i think way too many people wander through life keep searching 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 so when we come back i'm going to wonder if you as a little girl were totally wrapped up in your animals and found that sounds like It was always part of your life, and when you connected and needed to find your calling again in adult life, you reconnected with what the little girl liked. So we will be back shortly. We're going to take a break here, and we will be talking more with Gail and her love of animals and how she supports all of those animals.
0: We return with more of Second Wind with Joyce Buford
3: after this short break. Evermore, people have the means to live, but no meaning to live for. These are the words of Dr. Victor Frankel, the inspiration for the movie Victor and I. That's V-I-K-T-O-R and I, movie.com. And TalkSense Radio, The Meaning Connection with host Mary Similuca and frequent contributor Alexander Vesley, Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. More and more people today are discarding their quest for money, possessions, and things and are instead beginning a serious quest to find meaning in life. Until now, these discussions were historically in the hands of priests, ministers, and scribes, then to philosophers, psychiatrists, and psychologists. Now... These deep discussions are where they should be—in the hands of individuals. On the air with you, Talk Since Radio: The Meaning Connection with your host Mary Simaluka and frequent contributor Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at three, two Central on TalkingNet.com.
4: What does success mean to you? Money, power, fame?
0: Welcome back to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. This is a show about how to attain your dreams. Now to help you create the life you want to live to its fullest, here is coach and author of Celebrating 365 Days of Gratitude, Joyce Buford.
1: Welcome. We are visiting with Gail Helms. Executive Director of Pets for People here in Tyler, Texas. And Gail, you mentioned about reconnecting with uh, your or the love of animals. And I am such a believer that we come in whole as a whole person, even as a little baby, and we know what we are drawn to. And so I see him many times when I'm visiting with ladies and reconnecting them with their passions, that they have in their early childhood in some way connected with this love. And during life, we just tend to put it up on the shelf because we do get busy with life. So I'm curious, as a child, did you spend a lot of time with animals and the love of animals? You kind of said you did love animals all through your, your life, and you served as the in that uh, capacity, on the board for the um, animal was it at those days? It was called something humane, else.
2: It was humane. humane Society, Society. Society. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So, when you were a little girl, did you spend a lot of times time with animals?
2: Well, and I did, Joyce. And it wasn't the domesticated dogs and cats, but it was usually the little wildlife um, that I was called on to um, sort of be a nursemaid. Uh, the little bunnies that we found in the fields. Uh, Uh I also had, uh, you know, the gerbils and the hamsters and the little (laughs) white mice. And so, yeah, and and I just, that was a passion back then that, you know, you can look back and realize, yeah, you know, there was a real connection there. And Uh there truly was. We did not really grow up with cats um, Uh or we had one dog. Um, but for the most part, I, I grew up with all those little pocket pets and, uh-huh. uh, you know, just was really drawn to them.
1: Yeah, I just think that's so fascinating. And through my work and helping coaching ladies through transitions, I have found it's so valuable to have the belief that we can reconnect with who we were as little girls and many times find our happiness I just find that fascinating. It always works. It always
2: works. (laughs) And how do we as women sometimes, you know, realize that, that there is a real connection? Right. Well, you
1: know, life just kind of takes us away from it, and it's almost as though we go through a state of amnesia, or we think there's no way to make a living or career out of playing with animals. Mm-hmm. But we're not playing with animals. you're certainly you've 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 taken that love and transitioned it into a job
2: mm-hmm. that is
1: so valuable and yet also it certainly provides you with an income um, so it's you know it's interesting how we will see and sometimes we get blocked that we can't see that even though that was a love of ours, there is a way. To make a career, go forward, and just be happy with it. Mm-hmm. And so i I've, I've just all in my work, I am always uh, so surprised how we could we connect with that little girl again. But it's very interesting when I'm working
2: with, with uh, clients on their passion work. And don't you think so, that they're terribly surprised as well when <laughs> they can make that connection? It's just like. What a, a light goes off, you know, uh-huh. just to make uh-huh. you realize that. Well, I think it's
1: also a big confidence confidence builder to know that we come in complete. We come in so complete, and yet because life pulls us in different directions, we're always adjusting the person that we are, and we we get lost. We we kind of forget what made us happy. Mm-hmm. So it's just awesome. Mm-hmm. But tell us today about uh, Pets for People. Tell us your mission state, what type of facility it is.
2: Well, and in the Humane Society of East Texas is what we were mm-hmm. prior to this. We started in 1968 because um, a group of people felt like the current situation with animal control was not really um, something that we... We thought was the right way to handle animals, and so that's when the Humane Society was formed in 1968 So we're actually celebrating our 45th anniversary this year Wow, that's pretty good Yeah, Uh it really is. We've been around for a long time, Uh and as a non-profit, I think that just speaks volumes Um, And as you know uh, nonprofit organizations really struggle with funding and to oh, have been able to exist for 45 years, I think, is pretty incredible. It but was we, always
1: nonprofit. It never received city money.
2: Never, never.
1: How? Or United Way
2: money, or uh, we had contracts mm-hmm. that we provided a service for the city and the county, but as far as donations or being part of the city the or the county, we were not. Mm-hmm. So so in nineteen um sixty eight we opened and were the Humane Society of Smith County until two thousand and ten we changed our name to the Humane Society of East Texas and for people who don't really um know or have any, any reason to know, um animal shelters for the most part have to have contracts with the cities and the counties to provide sheltering services for the animals that are picked up by animal control uh, mm-hmm. organizations. And then they have the responsibility of either uh, reuniting them with their family to adopt them or to humanely euthanize them. And so yeah. it's very difficult for a animal shelter to be able to become a no-kill shelter just because they've got to have that money. And when you have, take the money from the city and the county, that means that normally you have to euthanize animals that are not really adoptable. So in 2010, we made the decision to become a no-kill shelter, and that was a, a major step for us, but we knew that it was the moral thing to do, that during our existence up until then, we had received approximately 400,000 animals just from our county. Oh, my gosh. And about 75% of those animals had to be humanely euthanized. And often the case was that they were adoptable animals, but you just didn't have the room for them. And Mm -hmm. so in 2010, we said, this is just unacceptable. This is not what a humane society should be. So we opted to discontinue our service to the city and the county and to become a no-kill. The numbers of
1: euthanasia for the animals that high usually yes. in most of
2: these facilities? They are, unfortunately. It, you know, yeah. the statistics are there's 10,000 human babies that are born in the United States every day, and there's uh-huh. 70,000 puppies and kittens born every day. Woo! So there's just not enough homes for all of them. You know, right. and it's what I, try to make people understand, it's so critical to spay and neuter. The statistics are one female dog and her offspring in six years can produce 67,000 puppies. Oh, my One, fe- word. one female cat and her offspring in seven years can produce 420,000 kittens. So wow. if only half of them live or a fourth of them live, it just gets out of hand really quickly, and that's why it's so critical that mm-hmm. people spay and neuter and keep their animals at home.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Those numbers almost seem overwhelming. It's it's They're <laughs> staggering. They truly yeah. are. There's 8 to 10 million animals that go into shelters every year, and 4 to 5 million are humanely euthanized. So, you know, it's it's a terrible way to have to try to deal with animal control and animal overpopulation. But until, you know, it's sort of like it's taken us a long time to realize that unprotected sex will kill you. Yes. You cannot be littering Texas highways.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: how do you teach people that you have to spay and neuter? Because, you know, my tax dollars and your tax dollars go to try to handle this situation. Right. For animal right. control. Does Texas, as
1: you know, do you know, if Texas is higher in these numbers than a state such as New York City, um uh, would you be able to compare those numbers?
2: Much higher in the southern states. Mm-hmm. We know from working with the North Shore Animal League, which is the largest no kill facility in the United States, mm-hmm. there are not enough adoptable animals in New York. And they really? actually, yes, and they actually transport from across the country from states that are overpopulated, mm-hmm. they will transport the adoptable animals to New York. To find homes for them, so in the southern states, there's you know the weather is not as severe, mm-hmm. uh, right? There's such there's a lot of it's a rural part of the country in a lot of cases, mm-hmm. and so dogs and cats are just allowed to run loose, and mm-hmm. it's just uh, it's amazing that how the numbers can really um, multiply, and it's so unnecessary. There are low cost spay and clinics all across the country, right? People would yeah. use those. It's so much easier to spay or neuter than have to go to the Walmart parking lot every six months or every three months to try to give away those animals. Yeah. They're born because um, the owner won't spay or neuter.
1: Right. Well, you even offer faci- um, um, the opportunity to
2: have neutering at a discount, don't you? We do. We have every Wednesday. We have a wonderful vet here in um, East Texas, it's uh, Dr. John Alexander from Bullard Veterinary Medical Center, and he's partnered with us. We have a program called Pets Make a Family Partnership, Spay and Neuter Project. And, you know, to back up and, and, and let you know that we feel like, just like Dr. Alexander, that pets are part of the family, and it's a real commitment, a 15-, 20-year commitment sometimes. And so we are uh, providing the low-cost spay and neuter services to the public every Wednesday. And wow. we are really, we're really encouraging them to stay in the vet community. That they need their annual vaccinations. You need yeah. to have a relationship with the vet because they are part of the family. Right. Well,
1: I I have always been a,
2: um,
1: a person that did that, but I can certainly understand that if you have a large number during of animals during this time in life where it's very uh, where some families are struggling, I can see right. where it could get out of hand. Mm-hmm. We are going to be taking a brief uh, break here, and when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the nonprofit world and some of the other benefits that you offer to our community locally. So I so appreciate that we're getting to talk about this. I I think it's interesting. Texas in the southern states have more puppies.
0: Mm-hmm. Back. We return with more of Second Wind with Joyce Buford after this short break. We are Emily.
3: In the annals of recorded history, there has never been anything that can compare to home movies. But now, in this modern era, where do you turn for the best information? Right here. It's the Home Movie Legacy Project, hosted by Rhonda Vigent. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Learn how to organize, digitize, share on social media, use as genealogy research, repurpose or even monetize found footage. Discover ways to find films about your own family that you didn't even know existed or create a documentary that can use the power of home movies to deliver a message that can impact the lives of many. For more on Rhonda and the show, go to our website, HomeMovieLegacy.com. Then be here as the journey continues with the Home Movie Legacy Project. With Rhonda Vigent, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Have you been laid off, fired, downsized, right-sized, or re-engineered out of a job? Are you unemployed or anticipate that possibility? Then tune in for Successfully Unemployed, hosted by Alan Sherwood, MBA, president of Sherwood Consulting Service. Successfully Unemployed will provide you a hope-filled and comprehensive approach to the job search process from an author who's experienced it all. Alan and his guests will cover all dimensions of a job search, physical tasks, mental attitude, emotional health, even one spiritual perspective. All must be integrated in order for a person to be successfully unemployed so they can then be successfully employed. This show is designed to help you move forward from job loss to finding or creating more fulfilling work. For more on Alan Sherwood, MBA, and the show, check out his website, SuccessfullyUnemployed.com. Then join us for Successfully Unemployed with alan sherwood NBA thursday nights at eight seven central here on togynet.com
0: welcome back to second wind with joyce buford a program focused for and about women this is a show about how to attain your dreams now to help you create the life you want to live to its fullest here's coach and author of celebrating 365 days of gratitude joyce buford
1: Welcome back. We are visiting with Gail Helms, Executive Director of Pets for People. We've been talking about the fascinating, interesting facts about animals and uh, their reproduction, the, the numbers that they have, and the reasons for creating a uh, no-kill facility, which is what Pets for Animals, Pets for People is. But, uh, Gail. You know, for a, a while, or I've always volunteered, but for a while I was director of a nonprofit. So my heart certainly goes out to you because I'm very, very, very much aware of the work that's involved to keep a nonprofit organization in the green, shall mm-hmm, we say. Mm-hmm. So there's always some project, you're always looking for possibilities for funds. And so how do you get your funds for the organization?
2: The majority of our funds come from contributions.
1: Okay. Um,
2: and we are an adoption center, so our adoption fees that we um, require definitely do not pay for our salaries or are no. not really a moneymaker for us. Mm-hmm. So contributions are critical. Our fundraisers are critical. You know, um, and it's really sad too that as we believe that animals, pets are part of the family, when you approach a donor or a potential donor, so often they would rather help people than animals. Yeah. And animals are such an integral part of our existence with mm-hmm. the therapeutic benefits that they have for people. And so it's, uh, it's sad that. Uh, you know, animals, uh, organizations are really on the low end of the totem pole. But, um, you know, we are fortunate sometimes that we have, um, we are left as a beneficiary of an estate. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: But it's just the small donors who we can get to donate, say, $10 a month, $25 a month, who believe in our mission and are Mm -hmm. supportive of what we're doing. So, you know, it's a matter of getting out there and um, educating people and continuing to um, make people aware of who and what we're doing. So about
1: how many fundraisers do you have? I saw in the information that you have one on October the 26th, uh, yes. which is called Pets yeah. in the Park, which I love that name. Yes. Or, do you do a parade with that?
2: We have <laughs> tried different um, activities. Um, uh-huh. And I don't really um, think the parade is a great thing because so many of the little dogs that come out are not Uh, used to walking a mile. And so sometimes I think that they don't do real well. (laughs) But one of the things that we do that I think is just wonderful, it kicks off the event every year, we have a blessing of the animals. And that still brings tears to my eyes because we do a group blessing and uh, Deacon Bill Necessary um, from the Catholic Church here in Tyler does that for us every year. And so we do the, the mass blessing, and then he does individual blessings. And it is such a touching thing. And people start out the event with the blessing of the animals, and then we just have a variety of activities um, all day long. We have contest, most beautiful contests. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, a owner look-alike contest. Uh-huh. We also have um, vendors there who are either publicizing what they do or uh-huh. selling items. Um, it's right. just a wonderful day, and you know how beautiful Bergville Park is.
1: Oh and yes, it, so that all just, happens on October the twenty-sixth.
2: Yes, and so it's just a perfect time for people to bring out their pets. Uh-huh to socialize, to sort of, I think, show off and strut their stuff. And mm-hmm. it's amazing to see how God has created these big Great Danes down to these tiny chihuahuas and everything in between. Yeah. And it's just a heartwarming day. It's a fun family day. And so we uh, we look forward to that every year.
1: Mm-hmm. So all the animals, of course, are on leash, and so yes. they walk around with their owners. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And is there ever any time that those dogs don't like each other?
2: You know, it's amazing, Joyce. I think that they all know that they're not on their own home turf.
1: Yeah.
2: Everybody behaves. Everybody is um, wagging their tails. It's just, <laughs> and it's amazing. We have never had a dog fight. That and is it uh-huh. is—it's truly amazing, and yeah. everybody just behaves and and has a really good time, and so it's just—I think people really look forward to it every year.
1: It sounds like it. I
2: would—I'd love mm-hmm. to do that as
1: well. I'm mm-hmm. sure you would love Moo. Oh, I'm not, sure I would too. She's not at all white with black spots anymore. She looks well. She's all black.
2: And I am about. I'm reading a book right now called Hank the Cattle Dog.
1: Oh my gosh! You know
2: (laughs) Moo (laughs) then. So what a coincidence! (laughs) That's a wonderful series. Well, Well, I'm just now starting. I'm just now reading the first book.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you'll enjoy the series. Um, Now, you. When is your annual fund? Because I'm sure you have an annual fund. Do you not?
2: Well, we do. We were fortunate enough five years ago to partner with Miranda Lambert, yes, big country Uh western star Uh who originated in Lindale, and Uh Miranda adopted one of her dogs from us, uh, Delilah. Uh And so for five years we had a wonderful relationship with them on a personal level, and we had a wonderful fundraiser at one of the uh, event centers here in Tyler, Villa de Felicita. Yes. And so it was uh-huh. a garden party. Uh-huh. And so we did that for a number of years. And then the final year we went downtown and had a full-blown concert, and there were about 7,000 people who <laughs> attended. It was a large party. and It so, was. Yes. Yeah, so we have raised, she's helped us raise um, a little over half a million dollars for our shelter. And so now that she has uh, really just skyrocketed to stardom. There are a lot of other organizations that she feels in need to support, so we now are one of uh, a number of organizations, animal organizations. So next year, in April, we will start back at Villa de Felicita on April the 28th with a garden party on a Sunday afternoon. We'll have a, a wine tasting festival, we'll have entertainment, a live auction, and it'll be um, sort of a a dressy event for mm-hmm. um, most of us on a Sunday afternoon. And so that's what we're planning next. And then next fall we will have um, an anniversary gala, probably be at the Cascades in Tyler. It will be kind of a black tie event. So yeah. a lot of things that are coming up for right. us. Right, and hopefully, wonderful. Yeah, for some good fundraisers.
1: But those two events are without animals, correct? Right. Yeah. Yes. The pet is, the pets in the park is the animal. It event. is
2: the biggie for <laughs> us. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, moving I may come. <laughs> but, you know, I I know, and I, of course, tell people where they can find you, because I went to your website, and there's tons of information there for you, for people to read and get to know you better. So what is your website?
2: Our website is pets. Fur and that's F-U-R people dot org, and it has a lot of valuable information. We have every animal that we have here at our shelter available for adoption on that website. Most of them, if we've had an opportunity to take their picture, is up. As far as some biographical information, um, what we know about them, as far as their uh, their personality, and so you can actually go online and and uh, complete a pre-adoption application, which you can submit online. And we're here six days a week, so we don't really want people just to fill out that application and you know go online and pick one out before you ever interact with them. Um, right. But they can also follow us on Facebook, we're pretty active on Facebook and have nearly 4,800 followers on Facebook, so check oh, us out right. on Facebook. We have lots of exciting things that we always talk about. We just had a wonderful fundraiser this past Saturday, a dog wash, uh-huh. and we're still recovering. We washed 169 <laughs> dogs, oh my God. and that was a lot of dogs, <laughs> dirty dogs, to wash in six and a half hours. Indeed, that was. Yeah, but we had a really good time, and one of the car dealerships in, here in Tyler had uh, pledged $25 for every dog that we washed. Oh, that is So fabulous. we made, it was a wonderful day for us. Everybody had a great time, and everybody had a, who came had a happy, um, clean-smelling dog, and <laughs> they didn't have to worry about doing that back at home. So <laughs>
1: Now, do do they, did they pay for the bath at all?
2: Well some people donated but it was oh, free to the public it's donations. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we uh, we had a really good uh, productive day there on Saturday.
1: Right. Yeah, so that was a great fundraiser.
2: It was a great fundraiser.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, you well know, you have
2: to you have to be creative <laughs> <created>. these days.
1: <laughs> I understand. I know right where you are. <laughs> now you also do some wonderful projects for the community. as I almost call them as support for people. Mm -hmm. It is. Supporting people.
2: Um, And
1: tell us some of those that you do, because they're awesome.
2: Starting in December of this past year, um, visiting with one of the volunteers for Meals on Wheels and discovered that there were some shut-ins here in Tyler, um, who were clients of Meals on Wheels, who didn't really have the money to buy dog food and cat food for their little um, indoor dogs. And so we partnered with Meals on Wheels. And we actually had some uh, clients from UT Health Center, and mm-hmm. they would come out once a week for therapy just to come out and exercise the dogs. So they were filling gallon bags of uh, dog food and cat food, dry Mm -hmm. dog food and cat Mm -hmm. food, and we would take that to Meals on Wheels once a month, and then when they made their deliveries to these individuals who were in need of some um, food for their dogs and cats, then they would make that donation and make that delivery. Mm. So we're supporting people um, and helping them. Well, part
1: of what will happen, I I know, is that people will tend to give their food that they need to their pets. Yes. Because they love their pets so much. That's what
2: we were were finding out, and, you know, that's a tragedy that doesn't need to be happening. So, you know, we are fortunate enough, we're blessed that we have a couple of local businesses, including Walmart and Target, Mm
1: -hmm. who donate
2: their broken bags of dog food to us.
1: So we just believe
2: in sharing in the wealth, and so it's been very well received by the community.
1: Well, we're going to step away for a moment, and then when we come back, I do want to hear about a couple more of these programs that you have, and we'll tell them again how to get to you because it's so important that they know this information.
0: We return with more of Second Wind with Joyce Buford. After this short
3: break, Get ready to learn and play with Mrs. A. Your host, Barbara Allison. Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Did you know that kids are only 20% of the population, but they are 100% of the future? How are you preparing your child for that future? The years between the ages of zero and six are crucial for learning and development. Barbara Allison is a teacher, parent, and author on supporting children's early learning. Learning starts even before a child is born, and parents are children's first teacher. Join Join Mrs. A for ideas, tips, and suggestions for fun learning and play activities as she helps you support your child. Starting early is starting smart. For more on Mrs. A, her books, the show, and her blog, check out her website, 123kindergarten.com. Then, come learn and play with Mrs. A with your host, Barbara Allison, Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Fridays at 2 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Second Wind with Joyce
0: Buford, a program focused for and about women. This is a show about how to attain your dreams. Now, to help you create the life you want to live to its fullest, here's coach and author of Celebrating 365 Days of Gratitude, Joyce Buford.
1: We are listening and learning about Pets for People, which is under the direction of Gail Helm. And we have had some fascinating subjects today. <laughs> but uh, I'm always interested in the programs, and one that I'm just going to pick right out because it's, uh, it's part of the transition that I'm in with senior parents that's in a uh, facility. Um I can just, just see how important this nursing home visits are to these people. Uh nothing says love like a little puppy looking up at you or a dog, you know, that uh so that's gotta be a very rewarding program that you
2: do. Oh, it, it it's amazing. And, you know, you hear stories. We do this every other Friday at a local nursing facility here. Mm-hmm. And um, it's from 1 to 2, and, you know, you, you get busy with your daily routine. You think, I just don't have time. Mm-hmm. But then when you get there and you see the smiles on their faces and the twinkle in their eye, you know, you hear stories of how people respond who are really not very responsive in a nursing facility, yes. and when you can experience that firsthand, to put that puppy on a chest of a of a person who is not very responsive and have them open their eyes and put a smile on their face, it makes it all so worthwhile, and it just really it touches your heart like you just can't explain, yep. and that just goes back to the therapeutic value of a pet and um it's amazing to allow us to it's a it's a way for us to start a conversation also with these residents yes. who we can talk about their childhood and mm-hmm. the dogs or the cats that they had when they were growing up mm-hmm. and it allows them to revisit uh, right. their childhood and it's just such a rewarding experience, and it really is a rewarding experience for the puppies as well. You know, right. and for them to be able to share that uh, that kiss from a little puppy with that puppy breath, yeah, it's just amazing. And it's something that uh, I think is very well it's very well received and and very much appreciated. And they truly look forward to us. They're waiting right. at the door for us when we yeah. come in.
1: Now, do you go to the same facilities? Most of the time, we or do. do. You
2: rotate? No, we go to the same facility,
1: uh-huh. and
2: um, we have a couple of volunteers who help. But our, my staff and myself also uh-huh. go, and you know, yeah. we get to know these residents, and yeah, um, it's it's amazing to. Um, just be able to go and visit with them. And sometimes they don't really have a lot of family members who come to visit them. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a heartwarming experience. It's a win-win-win situation all the way around.
1: (laughs) I know it is. I know it is. With the fracture of the family these days, it really Mm -hmm. is an important part. Um, You wouldn't think that it would be, but I think you would have to see it to know how valuable and how much good is done in that day.
2: Mm-hmm. So I
1: know, because I'm right there with that part of my journey right now, how important that would be. Mm-hmm. In looking at your website, though, you do have a list of animal supplies that you could use donated, as donated to the facility. I mean, you have all sorts of information on your website.
2: (laughs) Well, and we don't want it to be overpowering, but it's a a good way for people to get to know us and know what we're about, and also to just be a source of information for people. So um, we think it's a a happy website and a very informative website, and uh, we just invite people to to just to visit it and see what we have going on, whether it's the special tribute pavers that we're selling for um, fundraiser. Um, There's just all sorts of things that are on there that I think people will find very informative. Yeah. You mentioned
1: a cookbook on your site. Now, is that a cookbook for humans or for pets?
2: For both, Joyce. Good. There are treat recipes for dogs and cats. And then there are human recipes as well. We even have some from Miranda Lambert's family, some of their Uh favorites. So Mm -hmm. it's just a nice uh, variety of recipes. But what makes it special, I think, is just those recipes, the treats for dogs and cats. Yes.
1: In my work, I have a friend from California who is writing a cookbook for pets. Oh, really? So I will buy you a copy and send it to you. I would love to
2: have that. We've come so far, haven't we, We with have the, with our cookbooks.
1: One of the things I was telling you, you know, as I was growing up, you never fed that animal dog food. They always said, and it's really, I think it's just an effort to break us from feeding them at the table, that it's not good for them. Right. But when mm-hmm. you're feeding them, good food and not the leftover food Right, it can be very good for them <laughs> so <laughs> if they're not getting all the fat <laughs>
2: oh I know then and, it could know, be I, beneficial I, I have found out recently that sometimes those table scraps for for the dogs um can actually uh cause problems with the pancreas and uh, uh-huh. just intestinal problems. So it's really better leave them on the same dog food. And that's what we do here. They stay on the same dog food. We don't uh-huh. vary too much to keep their little systems in order. So you don't, the
1: foods that are in the cookbook, have you ever used them? or? Um, yes. Yeah? Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. So Everything you would all-
1: feed them dog food but implement or add to it with the other food that's from the cookbook?
2: Sure, you can. Yes. Okay. And it's you, primarily organic uh, treats. Oh, okay. And, yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Now, is there any other program other than the wonderful partnership that you have with families to spade and new to the uh, animals? Is there another project that you're particularly uh, want to share with our listeners today?
2: We always need volunteers, and one Uh area that we want to continue to expand on is humane education to children, kindergarten through fourth grade, who need to be taught how to respect and love animals. Yes. And we have a program that's been approved by um, the local independent school district here, and it just talks about some basics of respect and love and proper care and mm-hmm. um, things like that. And we, um, at the end, we can uh, take a puppy in, and, and they can do some hands-on uh, loving of, those, of the puppies. So, uh, you know, we're always in need of volunteers, and that's mm-hmm. one area that if there are any uh, retired school teachers out there,
1: mm-hmm. would
2: be perfect for them to give back. Mm-hmm. And, um, help us with this next generation because I think my generation, your generation, we already have our values in place, but mm-hmm. it's these young children that are still very open that we need to, and then I think in return it can also help them impact their families of, mm-hmm. um, you know, that they need to be Definitely. treated with respect.
1: Well, I'm sure you bring up the, the neutering, uh, services yes. while you're visiting because, you know, they, That's how you educate the adults of tomorrow is getting them, seeding them when they're little bitty people. Mm
2: -hmm. And it's grade um, specific from kindergarten through fourth grade, so mm -hmm. we're very careful how we uh, portray that or Mm -hmm. present that, but um, that's one of the big topics is to um, spay and neuter or have surgery so they don't have babies.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: That's great. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, about how many dogs will you maintain at your facility at at one time?
2: Right now we are pretty much at full capacity. Our, our uh, population is about 80 dogs
1: uh-huh. and about
2: 25 cats. So, um, you know, we, we, we rely on people to come in and adopt these babies mm-hmm. and, um, so we can have room for others. We're a selective admission and that means we take what we think we can adopt. We're not yeah. here to warehouse an unadoptable animal for the rest of its life. That's not what it's about.
1: Right. Well, it's always a challenge, I'm sure, when some, when there's a pet that doesn't get an owner that walks in the doors for months. So it how is. long do you, you keep the pet until it is adopted?
2: Yes. Unfortunately, we have some dogs that have been here since 2008. And they are large dogs. But when we renovated our facility, we've got three large exercise areas. And um, so these dogs, all the dogs, get exercised every day. They Mm -hmm. interact with people. And so it's not like they're thrown in a cage and they're forgotten about. And so, you know, the right person just hasn't come along. Right. Um, But we, we advertise them, we talk about them, and it is just a matter of time until they find that forever home.
1: Right, and I would say, just leading up from you, we're saying they were large dogs. That so probably the the dogs that are medium to smaller are probably your more popular dogs.
2: They are, and believe it or not, the large black dogs are the most difficult for any shelter to find a home for. Why guess, is that? Well, I I don't know. I if it's just I, I really don't know. I don't know if there's any mm. rhyme or reason, but mm. you know, a large dog is just more responsibility. Yeah, and um, yeah. especially if you've got small children. So right. it's just a kind of a phenomenon that's with uh, animal shelters. Large black mm. dogs are more difficult to adopt.
1: Well, we have just a few a few moments here, Gail. This has been so interesting. So much good information for our listeners to have and to take in that you can always go back and listen to this because our, our recordings are, recorded. And so I invite you to go back and listen because you'll pick up something even more the second time. But Gail, it is always a pleasure to have you on my
2: show. Thank you, Joyce.
1: We had little sound problems uh, last time. So I I immediately wanted Gail to come back because she's just full of good information for our community. But if you are a distance community, I urge you to investigate your animal uh, condition in your area. If you need a good pet, you can always call us, (laughs) call Pets for People, and they will send you a pet or go through the proper channels. But, Gail, thank you. It's just been a pleasure getting to know your facility better and to understand the great service that you all perform for the people of East Texas.
2: I just invite everyone to come out. Once you're here the first time and see what a wonderful facility we have, I know you'll come back.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you're located where?
2: We're off of the East Loop on Farm to Market Road 2767, right outside the East Loop. So it's real easy to get here. If you need directions, you can call us or go on the website, and we've got them out.
1: All right. Thank you, folks, for being with us. It's been fun to be with Gail. Have a great day. We'll see you next week.
0: Thank you for joining us on today's edition of Second Wind. Join us again next week at this same time as Joyce and her guests share strategies of growth and renewal. You'll learn how to attain
2: goals and dreams and create the life you want to live to its fullest.